the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. Now, because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, and most importantly, my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And again, I practice bankruptcy law because it's the intersection of just about every aspect of law and finance that's imaginable. As such, it's extremely intellectually stimulating and if used for the proper purpose it can reclaim the lives of individuals who feel otherwise totally depressed and out of it so that's why I like it and I also practice some related fields in my overall financial practice including debt wealth management states and trusts real estate and of course taxation law now with these areas of law as my reference point that is to say, as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And as I grew up as a military brat, and also help create another one with my former spouse who was in the military, I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be financially and economically for our citizens, soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And 
as I have shared with you before, and something that gives me an enormous amount of pride and inspiration is the fact that I had the great fortune to not only know, but spend a great deal of time and actually became very good friends, dear friends with both my maternal and paternal grandmothers, both of whom survived the four great economic challenges of the last century. And I hope we don't have to deal with them again, but it's looking like they're coming up on us again. And they were able to survive and thrive in the Great Depression, World War II, and the systemic racism and misogyny that continues through into our society today. And as these women helped raise me and always loved me and shared with me some of the great stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South. Now, let me tell you what that means quickly. Their grandparents, at least one of them, my grandparents' grandparents, were slaves in the Jim Crow South when it was slavery was still going on and then they made the transition from being slaves to ha- being part of reconstruction and as those of us who really want to know about history now reconstruction went away and then some of the worst vestiges of slavery the, the um, intimidation and humiliation of black people down south came on again and notwithstanding that these ladies and their children were able to survive and thrive in the Jim Crow South, of which I got a taste of as well when I was a young woman. But notwithstanding that, through their love and inspiration that is with me today, and many like me throughout the South who are successful, in quotation marks today, we got that energy and drive from these people who survived some of the worst forms of economic privation that is ever imaginable. And as a result of that, you know, we all should just step up to any economic and financial challenge that gets in our face and pushes that out of the way. Okay, so as a result of my relationship with these great gals and, you know, some great men in my life, including my dad, they make me want to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and disabled folks who find themselves the targets of, and unfortunately more and more, the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse you could ever imagine that's running rampant in our society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money, and more probably than not, in these days of high inflation, the lack thereof, and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your families or your businesses or your own financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening education forum. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information, from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you are having a legal issue that intersects with your finances or your assets or your debts. Please do not attempt to be your own lawyer. 
please don't do it. I come into situations where I'm trying to help people rebuild after they made all kinds of boo-boos what by say for instance filing their own bankruptcy and not knowing what they were doing so you know at least talk to somebody if you feel the need to file your own case at least talk to a lawyer and and get hopefully they'll share some insights and there's also bar associations throughout California and some of them actually have programs where they will teach a lay person how to file an unsophisticated bankruptcy. In fact, uh, the Alameda County Bar, County Bar Association, of which I was a member when I first started, I was part of that training program. So again, please reach out and seek qualified professional help if you have a legal problem that intersects with your money or the lack thereof or money you owe someone else. Okay, so today we're going to continue our discussion about the role insurance can play to help our friends and family and our fellow citizens in Florida and the other states uh, that were uh, negatively impacted or in the recovery process after Hurricane Ian. And also because it is my firm belief that we all need to have a good understanding about insurance, no matter where we live, because the effects of climate change, as they accrue, sooner or later, and quite frankly, maybe sooner rather than later, I think we all will be confronted with a natural or man-made disaster that will necessitate our having to access our own homeowners or renters or business insurance policy if we have one. The last time we got together, we went over a few basics, including defining some key insurance terms. We defined insurance as a practice or arrangement uh, by which a company or government agency provides a guarantee of compensation for a specified loss or damage to real or personal property, that is known as property and casualty insurance, or illness, that is known as health insurance, or death, that is known as life insurance. You get this compensation later when the event occurs in return for the payment of a premium today. What was that? Um, Wimpy, give me money, give me a hamburger today and I'll pay you later. Insurance is kind of sort of the same way. We also defined premium as the amount and insured insured uh, the person or entity requiring or actually acquiring a policy of insurance pays the insurance company and the insurance company is known in shorthand as the insurer for a term of insurance coverage which is usually a one-year contract that may be renewed by the parties at the then applicable premium or rate generally at the option of the insurance company based on the insured's claims and payment history. Then three, I gave you a high-level overview of the process most states' departments of insurance use to determine the applicable premium in their jurisdiction, that is to say, an evidentiary hearing process that is manned and womaned by super geeks known as actuaries, who are statisticians who, comp- who compute risks of and costs of loss in order to develop scientifically-based insurance rates and premiums, 
Also economists who are individuals who through study of this applied science become specialists in the science of economics and then meteorologists. These are earth scientists who study and work in the field of meteorology with the goal of understanding and being able to predict earth's atmospheric phenomena, including the weather. And seismologists, these are earth scientists who specialize in geophysics and the study of the genesis and propagation of seismic waves, that is to say earthquakes. And then all of these people are rounded up by lawyers and consumer advocates with the goal of determining the appropriate, the appropriate premium, the risk of loss, and how much you and I must pay. So when we come back, we'll continue this recap of what we discussed the last time, and then we'll delve into a new area of focus, making sure we understand what it is that we insure when we take out an insurance policy and hopefully what we will get if we have an incident. Uh, So stay tuned and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue our discussion on the role that insurance can and must play in the recovery process and what it is you need to know if you have a friend or loved one in Florida or any other of the states that were impacted by in, so that you can help them from afar because you got to realize some of them still don't have access to the internet. They don't have phone lines. So if you love them, you one way to show that love is to do the research. And so you can help them when they can get reconnected, or maybe you can connect with the appropriate agency for them. So that's why we're talking about this on this show, and we're likely not reaching the people who need this information, but I'm hoping we can reach some of their loved ones. Okay? So before the break, I recapped some of the key insurance terms from last week's show. And we will conclude that process. Uh, but I, again, I want you to know that I'm not pulling this information out of thin air. I have a good understanding of insurance, uh, and my insight is shared, and it's based on my own experience as an interve- intervener in some insurance rating and market conduct matters that came before the California Department of Insurance. And I did this for more than 10 years in the 90s through the early part of this century. And um, I learned uh, the process of how other states handle their um, rating matters and premium development matters and market conduct uh, through my appointment as a consumer or public representative to the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. That's the group of all the insurance commissioners from the 50 states and all our jurisdictions. They get together periodically to determine um, the focus of the insurance industry and what they, as the guardians of the public trust, must do to help corral sometimes the insurance industry. But sometimes because um, the insurance commissioners are not elected and maybe appointed by a governor who might be pro-industry, sometimes the industry would corral the insurance commissioners. But that's a story for another day. 
So I want to conclude our uh, a recap of our definitions. We also defined indemnify or indemnification. Now that is the act by insurance companies where they provide compensation to their insured policyholders for the harm or loss, which is known as the risk or peril that was pre-identified in scope on a contingent but not definite basis as the kind of loss or harm that the contract of insurance covered between the parties to the contract, which may include compensation or payment to third parties, such as individuals who are harmed by the insurance by an automobile accident, say, or someone who slips and falls uh, outside of your home. Now, um, so I, I wanted to go over that again, and I want to focus again um, when I recapped, uh, recapped of last week's show. Uh, uh, this indemnification or guarantee is against a specified contingency or peril or hazard. Now, again, a peril is a potential event or a factor that causes a loss, such as a possible fire that could burn down your home. And a hazard is a separate event or activity or factor that may cause the peril to occur, or if it doesn't cause it, it it might exacerbate it. And that is an instance where, you know, your house burns down, but lo and behold, there's a gasoline can or, you know, other flammable material that the claims adjuster finds or the police finds or the arson investor investigator finds close to the property that make them go, hmm. Uh, essentially, a hazard makes a peril more likely to occur uh, or it makes it worse. So a peril, again, it means danger. It has the connotation of imminent danger. I use the rock slide example and I'll just refine it a bit. A rock slide is a peril or potential negative event to anyone standing underneath the cliff when the rocks start sliding. However, if no one is standing underneath the cliff, it is akin to a leaf falling in the forest. It happened, but no human being saw it or was impacted by it. So it, the rock slide, was a peril with no insurance consequence. But if you own the land upon which the cliff was situated and an unknown tourist or even a trespasser was underneath the cliff when the rocks fell on her, depending on the further development of the facts of that case and whether you had liability insurance or not, you may or may not be financially responsible for that injured third party even if she was a trespasser. So in insurance contracts, again, perils cover specific specified events, fire, wind, water, falling water, not rising water. Falling water is rain, or if you're under a waterfall, your house somewhat mysteriously falls under a waterfall. Falling water is likely going to be insured, but rising water is known as a flood and it likely won't be insured by your insurance carrier. Your your carrier also covers that. So let's talk about hazards. A, a hazard, um, that's what an insurance company is really looking out for because fires happen every day. 
hurricanes happen every day, tornadoes happen every day. But a hazard is that little extra thing that I was talking about earlier. And so before deciding to provide coverage, an insurance company may consider particular hazards that make one candidate for risk more risky than other candidates. A hazard uh, may be any action, condition, habit, circumstance, or situation that makes the peril, that's the thing that's being insured against, more likely to occur and the loss more likely to be suffered as a result of a peril. Insurance companies commonly divide hazards into three categories, a physical hazard, a moral hazard, and a morale hazard. So a physical hazard is any action, behavior, condition that causes or contributes to a peril. For example, smoking is considered a physical hazard because it increases the likelihood of a fire occurring on the property and casualty side, but also it has connotations for health insurance because if you smoke, you are likely more likely to get cancer. Then frayed electrical wiring or liquid spills or other physical hazards are, are any number of activities such as working at high altitudes or operating heavy equipment. So those are physical hazards. Moral hazards are wrongful behavior or conduct. Insurance companies are concerned with the moral hazards that lead to fraudulent claims, uh, such as staged automobile accidents. I remember when I was on uh, the panel that was dealing with uh, Commissioner Garamond appointed me to the automobile assignments plant. Every few months, the FBI would come out and show us, you know, information about staged automobile accidents set up by these gangs as a way to um, basically steal money from insurance companies. So business owners who ignore health and safety concerns in the workplace also create moral hazards. Failing to properly maintain your business structures are a moral hazard. What do they mean by that? Doing your, um, you have to have an annual meeting if you have a corporation. Otherwise, one might think that maybe your uh, business is a sham. So I'm just putting it out here in layperson's language. So what is a moral, morale hazard? It's different from a moral hazard. A morale hazard is careless or a reckless attitude that causes a peril. It has been speculated that the insurance industry itself causes a morale hazard. That is to say, individuals who is covered by insurance might be less likely to safeguard health and property than one who has everything on the line when a disaster occurs. So now I just want to focus a, a minute on um, you know the focus of property insurance. Again, it's the risk that your property will go bye-bye because of uh, some weather-related damages, and it has to be a named peril. Okay? So what exactly are you getting for your premium dollar? There are three main types of property and casualty or property insurance. There's the replacement cost coverage, and that'll replace everything, even if prices um, uh, go up, and even if you, the property was insured for half a million dollars, and at the time of the loss, it's actually worth seven fifty to replace. Replacement coverage will replace your your uh, facility, so you need to consider that. Okay, 
and um, it's very important to have replacement. Then you could also have actual cash value uh, coverage, but there's a depreciation component contained in that that might cause you to have the insurance company pay less than what the property was insured for. So you insured the property for a half a million dollars. It's going to take $750,000 to replace, but actual cash value might mean that you only got $400,000. So you have to be very careful in picking the kind of policy that you get. So I'm going to uh, conclude this show by saying this. Even if you don't have insurance or even if you don't have enough insurance, all is not lost. If you're underinsured or underinsured, in those situations, I urge you to contact FEMA. That's your federal government at www.disasterassistance.gov. Or you can call them 1-800-621-3362. And you also might be able to access a low-cost, low-interest loan from the Small Business Administration to help you rebuild. And you can reach the SBA at sba.gov forward slash funding dash program slash disaster assistance. Or you can, and you can actually fill out the application on uh, the SBA's website. Or you can call the SBA at 833-572-0502. Again, Google these. Google FEMA and Google the SBA so you don't have to remember what I'm telling you. But they can assist you even if you're not insured or if you're underinsured. underinsured. Okay, so we're going to leave it there for now. But as always in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law, including knowing our rights as insurance consumers Or if we don't have insurance, knowing our rights as citizens of this country to reach out to our federal government to assist us in our times of need. But inasmuch as it appears that all or some of the variants of COVID-19 will be with us for the foreseeable future, here Selwyn is once again urging us to be vaccinated and boosted. And even if we have all our shots, but especially if you don't, please take the necessary precautions to protect not only yourselves and your families, but all of us who, who you come in contact at a minimum by considering and actually masking up when you're out and about. So till next time. Please take care. See you soon. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.